What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your host with the most, the best from the Midwest, the overweight lady lover, your not-so-local supervillain, your global icon and national treasure, Starks, a.k.a. Big Sexy, a.k.a. Hollywood Starks Hogan, a.k.a. Big Chowder, a.k.a. Go Grab the Bill, a.k.a. Did the PayPal clear yet? (laughs) And I welcome you. To another episode of the Fake Wolfpack Podcast. Let's go. We've had a very big week in the WWE. Um, first things first, let's start off with the World's Collide Tournament. Amazing idea. Pretty good execution. I think that it should have been shot a little bit better so it could have been syndicated better. It just looks a little underproduced for how well it was. It almost gives me an, uh, a feeling of evolution. They promoted that that pay-per-view for so long, and it just came out looking like a glorified house show. It just wasn't produced well. It didn't go the lengths that it needed to go. Uh, so Worlds Collide, amazing concept. When I say... It's beautiful to see all those rising superstars from across three brands get into the same ring and just do what they did. You you get to see Tyler Bate versus Velveteen Dream, um, Keith Lee versus a, a arrangement of people, Drew Gulak, uh, Donovan Dijak. It's just really, really dope just to see those wrestlers get out there. One thing I do wish, I wish that like Matt Riddle and Cassius Ono, maybe I think I just wish that it was bigger. So next year, and hopefully that they continue to do this, it gets larger. Um, With all that being said, it's out on, I'm pretty sure you can watch it on WWE.com. I know it's on the network. I believe it's on YouTube as well. Nonetheless, if you haven't checked out Worlds Collide Tournament, please go out and do so. Little spoiler alert, Velveteen Dream wins it. And I know if you're like me, you've been on the internet, and when I see a spoiler alert for something, it doesn't even matter what it is, I just go click it because it says spoiler alert. So um that was going on with the NXT universe, and there was a photo floating around with Velveteen Dream holding up the NXT north american championship so maybe this can allude to all of that i don't know fingers crossed i think that's what's going on um and speaking of velveteen dream also this weekend wwe put on a halftime show inspired by the super bowl called halftime heat um more so i think it's inspired by the whackness of the halftime show that was already going on so they decided to strike when the iron was hot and boy, did they. You got a six-way tag match with Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa, and Johnny Gargano versus Aleister Black, Velveteen Dream, and Ricochet. And when I say that was six of the best competitors in wrestling today, all in the same ring, sure enough was. You got to see crazy moves that um you just don't get to see everywhere i know you've probably seen the meme and gif and everything going on with the panama uh sunrise which is dope to see which is just you know uh an inverted like um canadian destroyer which ray mysterio has been doing on smackdown live i think for like a month straight now which is all cool never going to take anything away from anyone but i'm just i'm happy that that 
move has been released and cleared and so more people can start doing it it's really cool to see um but yes halftime heat was a barn burner that was just non-stop i want to say i think that match was like 20 minutes or at least somewhere around 10 15 minutes or so from start to finish that match was that match was very intense um it's really good to see they're doing a really good job of getting velveteen over uh, in my mind, that's really what this push is. Uh, those gentlemen right now, besides the two title holders, are kind of in a wayward limbo position. So hopefully that opens up and some more things happen. Sue, but nonetheless, it's been a very exciting weekend for WWE. They definitely came out and put together like some really good shows and performances and things like that. So I was very happy with Halftime Heat and Worlds Collide. Good business. So let's talk about Monday Night Raw. And lately it has been pretty raw. Uh, this episode started off with Stephanie McMahon giving a fire promo leading to Becky Lynch giving a fire promo and blasting her in the face. Um, you know what? Let's be honest here, man. Let's trim the fat. It's a lot of stuff going on in that three-hour show that is just on a highway to nowhereville. That's all that it is. Um, a lot of the Braun Strowman storylines, anything Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin, and Drew McIntyre is on a highway to fucking nowheresville. That's it. So, that being said, half the show was doing that. Um, we get Ronda Rousey versus the Riot Squad, and she just blows through the Riot Squad. I think WWE needs to stop letting Ronda look like she's just monstrous. That just needs to just quit. At some point, everyone gets broken down. Frankly, that's starting to happen with all the MMA uh, transitional wrestlers. So, friggin' Matt Riddle, Shayna Blazler, friggin' um, Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar, all come into being this just monstrous figure, and it's because of MMA. So, what are you saying to the sport that we're already in? I think we need to do some more to bring up the prestigiousness of it. One, nonetheless, it's still my opinion on it. Uh, really good match. I just don't like how she blows through Liv Morgan. Then she goes through Sarah Logan. And hell, why not even give her Ruby Riot at this point in time if we're just going to keep shitting on everybody? We get a tag team match with uh, the Boss Hug Connection and Alicia Fox and Nikki Cross. I like the combination of Alicia Fox and Nikki Cross. The crazy factor and insanity factor with them um, truly works. Both of those guys need that push in a character run. I think that's going to do great for the tag team division if they do decide to stick together. And I think lumping them, the women division in pairs and such and groups and cliques and, and factions and things will ultimately bring strength to the division right now, even still with only, uh, one belt per brand for the women division, it's stronger all across the board on every brand, the women's brand, um, NXT, I'm sorry, NXT, SmackDown, Raw, UK, 
all of that. And I, and I, I say this too, if 205 Live had a vision, it'd still be better than anything that they were putting on. And that's a wild hot tape because 205 Live is possibly the most underrated show that WWE is putting on right now. But nonetheless, uh, let's move on with Raw. We got Elias and Jeff Jarrett, Double J, having some weird feud. Don't know where that's going. I wish there was somewhere Elias could be to do something. It's a bunch of, it's just a bunch of just waywardness. Um, but it's cool to see Double J, and we got Road Dog out there. We got the uh, You Didn't Know. Uh, we got that drop, which was pretty sweet. Um, Double J didn't bust the, the guitar over Elias. He had a pretty decent hit, but I could tell just on everybody's face, like, damn, yo, man, this shit didn't break. It just didn't get the, the pop how they wanted. Um, I wish it... I wish we got a kind of a rectifying answer. I wish it would turn into maybe Elias turning into a mentor and giving him more of a, I'm sorry, maybe Double J turning into a mentor for Elias and giving him more of a push. I think that'd be dope. And as predicted, we got a Finn versus Leo Rush match. And boy, was that a frigging barn burner. Oh man, that match was hot. It was, I think that that's the rivalry that we would like to see just charismatic wise how they talk and do things and we can still put Finn in the ring with uh all these other guys but it's sad to say Leo Rush is getting the match and the attitude and charisma out of Finn how we would like to see um and the David versus Goliath appeal that he always has it gets broken down because they're not nerfing and doing more to that division. So you can have that David and Goliath thing, and we can he can go beat Bobby Lashley several times. He can go beat friggin' Braun Strowman. He can go beat Baron Corbin and all this, but it's still at the top of the mountain. He can't beat Brock Lesnar. Nobody can. But you know what I mean? It's just it just doesn't work out and make sense for their hierarchy uh nonetheless that was tight uh i i like what i saw in that match some really good moves i just wish that it would lead to more matches with leo i think having the ultimate tag team of bobby lashley and leo rush that would do some great for the tag team division um, we got EC3 having his official debut on the Moment of Bliss. He was a complete mute, didn't say anything. Corey Graves drops a banger of a line. I think they took it off TV. Um, I believe the line was somebody was saying, uh, I think somebody said, oh, it's going to be someone's lucky night. And then Corey Graves goes, Oh, if EC3 wins this one, it won't be the only person's lucky night. And I was like, yo, go ahead. And I don't know, wild hot take. Can we stop faking that Alexa Bliss is a hoe and stop giving her hoe vibes? I think her character would stand more of the test of time if she showed worth in that vagina and acted like it was hard to get or she wasn't so promiscuous. I know we're trying to do things to sell tickets and shit like that, but she already has a crazy over-the-top built-in sex appeal. Like, that's all her fans want, right? So that's very easy to give because she can just be there and she'll just be sexy. So you don't have to make her a whore. 
Like it's it's a poor take at the Scarlet Bordeaux uh character. It's a real poor take at that one. Scarlet is killing it. Scarlet don't even wrestle. She just don't. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And she can wrestle way better than Alexa Bliss. So nonetheless, um, can we do something to help change that character and define her define her more as a heel? Uh to close out SmackDown, we got Angle and Strowman versus Corbin and McIntyre. Like I said, highway to fucking nowhere. Um, pretty good match. And I'm not gonna lie to you. Let's let's look into this Kurt Angle storyline. It's kinda they're alluding to the fact that Kurt Angle is gonna officially retire and we're never gonna get him back in the ring and all this other stuff. So they're going through this whole angle's just not worth it anymore and he can't compete, he can't go do the things that he needs to do. So he's gonna just been getting demolished by Corbin and McIntyre, whatever. If this is that angle they've been working on for so long, they've been doing that shit since like October, September sometime. And they have. That's a really good work. I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Uh, I wish that it had an end game and goal. Maybe let's say let's get Angle back and he wins the IC belt or something like that. Let's let's do that. Let's do something more. Maybe he wins the tag team titles with Strowman. Maybe just, I don't know, just something more to give him more of a push to not kill the idea of believing in your dreams. You know, because otherwise it just it just sends a, a very negative, bad message. Nonetheless, that was this week on Monday Night Raw. So, we're moving on into the week. We made it to SmackDown Live. And if you haven't guessed it already, the show starts off with a fire Becky Lynch promo facing the authority. This time, she runs into Triple H. And... This was a very good flip on the angle. He hits Becky with the, you're scared, you're full of fear thing. And it was very great mic work. Really, really good. Um, I think Triple H is probably underrated. I like When you get used to something for so long, you start to take granted the magnitude and how well that it operates. And Triple H is just amazing. And I think that, we're going to do that same thing with Becky Lynch in, in, in hindsight. You're going to be like, damn, yo, Becky was this, Becky was that. Same thing with Charlotte. Same thing with a lot of these greats that go through and cut these promos and do such. So it was very cool to see that. And it gives more in-depth and depth to this story. So they're really doing a good job of hyping up that match for WrestleMania. Um, We got Mufasa Ali versus RKO craziness i didn't know that was a feud and match that i've always wanted to see but geez i think to myself that is there a person that mufasa ali can't have a a great match with like at all i i just i like what they're doing with him and he sustained an energy injury within this match but i hope that they make the push to transition him to having a feud with our truth um, I think that would be dope. I honestly know that would do great work for that belt. Uh, speaking of our truth, after getting his belt, his nemesis from the last week, Nakamura and Rusev team up against the Good Brothers. I don't understand why they won that match. I don't understand why the Good Brothers even get put on TV just to have flop matches for everybody. Um. 
But nonetheless, they go out there, they lose, they lose the shiesty way. Can we get AJ and the good good brothers together? Um next, we got Iconics versus mm, I'm sorry. Just spoke out of turn here. Uh I believe we got Mandy and Sonya versus Carmella and Naomi. And I don't get why Carmella and Naomi matched because Naomi and Carmella have always had like a terrible feud with one another. So, I mean, that's cool, I guess, but Oscar was out, but all the work that you were doing to do these tag team paired up things, I don't think they thought about this in the long run for the work, but I still feel that they should have did something else or brought somebody else into it. Uh, nonetheless, I guess that was a big victory for Mandy. I don't understand why, but hey, whatever. They qualified for the Elimination Chamber match. Quiet as kept. There's not that many teams. You're, I, I feel like if you're in a match, you should just freaking qualify. But that's just me being wild. So we end SmackDown with this crazy brawl of Samoa Joe choking out everyone. So maybe that gives some hope that Samoa Joe takes the belt. You and I both know that's not going to happen anytime soon. So we're going to move on to my favorite, NXT. This week's episode starts off with a crazy promo from Johnny Gargano. Um, Johnny never disappoints on the microphone. Uh, to be honest with you, there's very few times that I watch NXT and I'm not captivated by whoever is talking on the mic or they're getting their point across. I like the hour show format because that means that it's straight meat and potatoes. It's usually not that much fluff on NXT, and if they are, they're trying to build and allude to something. And if they are building and alluding to something and it doesn't work, well, it just didn't work. Um, so, nonetheless, we get this build up. If you were listening earlier in the beginning of the podcast, I talk about my man, Velveteen Dream, winning that World Collide Tournament, and sure enough, we get what we want. In the beginning of this episode of NXT, Gargano's giving his promo. Velveteen comes out and he lets him know that Johnny, my man, I'm coming for you. And he wants to know, am I going to get Johnny Takeover or Johnny Badass? And that sends the internet in an uproar. Man, I'm excited to see this match and see how it turns out because both of those guys are crazy performers in their ring. I hope that this feud goes on for a little bit longer. It's getting to the point that NXT needs more belts. They just need more. These guys are can't be held into the capacity that they're moving at. So I was very excited to see that going on and all this getting set up for uh, next week. We don't get this match that we wanted and we're lusting for. We get it in one more week. Um... Like I said, great mic work from everyone. We get a Jackson Riker versus Monsoor. And I don't understand why Jackson Riker is getting flop matches. Can we stop giving the Forgotten Sons flop matches? We forgot about them. That's why. They're just not memorable. Can we just not do that anymore? Change the characters. It just isn't working. Then you go ahead, you start this feud with the Street Profits, and you don't continue it. Why wasn't Jackson Riker versus uh, Adrian Dawkins? 
I'm sorry, Angelo Dawkins. Why? Why not? Or Montez Ford. Or make a clip where he's beating them up or just like, you know, anyways. Cool. Cool beans. I get it. Jackson Riker is a big, strong dude. Great. Um, Moving on. Uh, Drew Gulak makes his NXT debut. Uh, if you don't, if you're not familiar with him, you can catch him on 205 Live. He's a submission specialist. He says he's the best submission artist in the WWE. That's cool. I think everybody who does submission says that. But hey, whatever. I like this guy. Puts on a great match against another dude who I I just saw recently. I was like, wow, man, it's a pretty cool character, Eric Bugenhagen. Um, he has this nice persona, which is a rock and roll, uh, lover. He just loves rock and roll. He just exudes that. He gives off this crazy 80s style super hair band. He gives off a, uh, he does a really high yell. Um, just a lot of energy. His move sets and everything was pretty cool. It was, of course, it was a flop match for Gulak, but it did great work for Eric Bugenhagen. I've seen him all over the internet. Frankly, uh, the one time I hope a video of Caleb Braxton goes viral and gets shared everywhere is not the video I've been waiting for. Nonetheless, thank you, Eric Bugenhagen. I don't get enough Caleb Braxton in my news feed without being some fucking weirdo. So that was dope. Hopefully we get to see more of Bugenhagen and hopefully we get to be on the Boogs cruise and we get to see more of him on uh, NXT. I like that guy and what he brought to it. Nonetheless, the match with Gulak was a, it was pretty cool. It was a fairly quick match, and he was mad that this was the best that they had to offer. So naturally, somebody has to come out of the NXT locker room to show you what they can do. And we get our man, the king of the bros, Matt Riddle shows up. And him and Drew Gulag put on a five-star match. I guarantee this is the match of the week for everyone else. If you haven't watched it, I'm certain WWE is going to put it on the YouTube. This was what NXT is all about. Two wrestlers you might not be familiar with putting on an awesome showing. By far, one of the best matches. Easily... For sure, in my mind, the best match WWE put out this week. Still, I think it's going to go into when you're breaking down the best of the year. This match needs to be put in there. Um, Very excited for it. Uh, after the match, they they break character and have a really strong handshake. Hopefully, we get to see more of Drew Gulak. To close out NXT, we had the Flying Pirates, Eero Shirai, and Kyrie Zane. With the EST, Bianca Belair, versus the three horsewomen, Marina Shafir, Jessa Mae Duke, and Shayna Baszler. Um, this match was chock full of mean, worthy moves and pretty cool aesthetics and things of that nature. Uh, chants of You Can't Wrestle for Marina Shafir were fucking screaming through the halls of the Full Cell Arena. And... I, for one, don't think that's, like, cool and appreciated. I think we, this is the developmental area, so let them develop it, you know? Um, I do agree with the people that she does need some more time in the ring, and she needs to practice, and they need to do some more and stuff. Um, 
is just wasn't operating at the level that she needed to be at. So that four horsewomen match that everyone is so hyping up for, two of the four horsewomen can't wrestle. Just saying. Um, nonetheless, really good match. Eero Shirai pins Shayna Baszler for the win. Causes some trouble with Bianca Belair. So we we get a face turn for Bianca Belair for this match. She's starting to get over and people are really liking her. So you put her in this match and she goes back to being a heel. I really hope not. Nonetheless, it was a really good match. And if you haven't checked it out, you should be able to go check it out. Yeah. Shouts out to NXT for this week. It was another beautiful show. Well, there's a lot of moving pieces for the red brand. Right now, I think in this upcoming week's episode of Raw, I think we're going to get another flop match for Sasha and Bailey. We're probably going to end up getting a, I don't know, uh, another aimless effort from Dean Ambrose. Although I like what happened with him and EC3. I don't understand why EC3 is mute, but I do predict that when he does say something, it's going to be like a pipe bomb type of situation. I think we need EC3 to hop in the picture for something, some type of belt to, to make it more so more than what it is. I think the IC is exactly where it needs to be. I think the U.S. needs a push for somebody actually trying to hold that belt. Um, I love what R-Truth is doing. Don't get me wrong at all. I don't even think we should take it away from him until Mania. But uh, on Raw, I feel like there's going to be uh, another Alexa Bliss match coming because it's we've gone a week without seeing her in action. So I predict that happening sometime soon. But as it seems, she's just a lone heel out here. And I feel that soon she's going to click up with more people and a shift is going to happen for those belts. Uh, I predict maybe even Dana Brooke gets taken up under her wing or vice versa. And Dana Brooke is out here getting what she deserves. I'm still going with my prediction of Lashley and Finn. I'm sorry, Lashley and Rush working together and becoming a tag team at some point. Um, I know we're not going to get this Finn versus Lashley match. Mm, We're probably going to get that for Elimination Chamber, possibly on the kickoff show. That's my prediction for that. Or they're going to hold it out and they're going to make you wait until Fastlane, which I don't see being the best idea um yeah i can happen in or they're going to keep drawing it out for i don't know how they're doing it but boy they are uh we'll draw this finn lashley rush feud and finn wins it at mania still sticking and holding to that um my dark horse prediction for the tag team belts on the raw side is the riot squad i think we're going to get a traditional NXT belt switch where the champion holds it for like a day or something like that and something happens and the title switches again so what happened with the NXT um men's tag belts with mustache mountain um Adam Cole and Ricochet uh 
maybe I will not like Blazer and insane, but nonetheless, she picks it up for a hot second and she drops it. That's what I really see. Um, really what's going to happen with them tag belts, Sasha and Bailey are going to be the inaugural champions. But on that following Monday night raw, the riot squad is going to win those belts and they're going to do a great job holding them and being everything that we would want out of tag team champions. If they don't do that, I feel like that, that takes away from those belts and it gives Sasha and Bailey something to work for. You know, I know that they have the being the first champions as something else. That's the real push for it. But this right here to take it away from them, it gives us a work for the next pay-per-views to come. Something prestigious to go at it. And frankly, I still feel that there needs to be a wild card entrant from the Elimination Chamber, a tag team from NXT or the UK division. That's my suggestion. Mm. I predict that Brock Lesnar isn't going to show up on Raw for, I don't know, at least two more weeks. We're two weeks away from Elimination Chamber, so the week after, the Monday after Elimination Chamber, we'll probably see Brock Lesnar. It's time to layeth the smacketh down. So some suggestions and predictions I feel like it's going to happen for SmackDown. I suggest that we drop the Naomi and Mandy feud. Boy, oh boy, do I not understand. Thomas literally got snatched ball last week. Pretty cool. Um, nonetheless, they're literally fighting for no reason. I don't predict anyone from SmackDown is going to win those women tag team belts. But it's doing good for the division because it's creating turmoil. I would love to see where Asuka is. I would love to have more of a purpose for Carmella. She's super over right now and just not being utilized. She is armed candy for R-Truth. The seven-second dance break must be up. <laughs> no, but for real, man, like, it... They really need to do something with her. Like the time is like ticking on that because boy was she not over when she was when she was champion. And now that she's doing this stuff with truth, man, she might be like the third hottest woman wrestler behind um Becky Rhonda than I would say Carmella. But that's just like I said, my crazy hot take. I would love to see something more happen. I would love to see more uh, tag team work from the Iconics. I get that they're a, a funny pair, but they are still good wrestlers and they're still, you know, I don't know, they want to have a tag team division. So I think doing things of putting them into the proper light of maybe, I don't know, possibly winning some matches. They've done the same thing with the Riot Squad where they've nerfed them down so badly that it's almost unbelievable for them to win matches. All they're really doing is putting people over. We've got a upcoming match with Andrade Cien almost. I love how they're doing the first name only thing, just the one name, because they don't think people can say just more and just remember more. Um, they've taken away Otis Dozovic and Tucker Knight's name, so it's just Otis and Tucker. I don't get it. I would say it would just call them Doze. Um, but nonetheless, I don't like what they're doing with Andre Cien almost because he's just having this weird feud with Ray Mysterio, which is leading to nowhere. Um, once again, let's put some of these belts in there. Maybe if you put one of those two gentlemen in this fatal fucking five-way elimination chamber match, we could spice it up a little bit. Um, 
I predict that they have another five-star match, but this one gets stopped. It gets brought to a, a abrupt halt. Um, that feud is really good for Andrade. It's really good for Selena Vega. Uh, it's more camera time. They have been doing exactly what they needed to do since that premiere. Um, I like the promo, the Usos cut for the tag team titles coming up. Um, I expect some weird half match between uh, Shane and one of the Uso brothers or the Miz and one of the Uso brothers just to uh, just to continue the week to go. But I don't. I don't think the Usos are going to win this belt. I think it's going to be someone else to win these titles from Shane and Miz at Mania. I don't think there's going to be too, too many title changes before Mania. Um, I feel that there is no one having a feud with Asuka and the time is right. The next person I see coming up out of nowhere and having a feud with Asuka is going to be... I was just saying, there's nothing going on with Carmella. Um, I think she would be that, and this is around the time where we could see a heel turn coming for Asuka. I think that's what's really in the books. And now that you have a really over-the-top solid face in Carmella, you can get that push and you can have that feud going on. I think that would be something good for Mania. And I know those two would be able to put on a great match. But Charlotte is chasing Ronda and Becky, and that's just leaving the SmackDown title up in dismay. Um, we haven't seen Asuka. I want to feel like it's almost two weeks. Um, we haven't seen her. Um, she's pulling the Lesnar. Uh, I kind of like that, but I want to get some more action with her. But that division isn't thick enough. Moving uh, Nikki Cross over there and getting the premiere of Lacey Evans and things of that nature would help jumpstart the division. I think anybody, any woman coming into the main roster needs to go over to SmackDown. Undeniably so. Um, more predictions. Uh, no, nah, man. I don't know, man. I don't... It's, it's kind of on the slow side because... We get the push of Miz and Shane, and everything is just setting up for this pay-per-view coming up. But like I said, I don't feel like there's going to be too many title changes. If there is going to be any changes at Elimination Chamber, I don't think there's any more title belts other than the two big ones. The uh, No, you got the tag belts up. It's a bunch of randos, man. Got the tag belts, you got the uh, WWE Championship, and you got the women tags and the SmackDown tag. So other than the women tags being crowned, I don't think there's going to be any other changes at Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Let's talk the black and gold brand. So prediction for next week, we won't get that... Gargano versus Velveteen Dream Match. They're going to make us wait until that week of the Elimination Chamber. So not this week coming up, but next Wednesday. Not this Wednesday coming up, but next Wednesday. That's when we get that drop. Um, I suggest 
we stop having flop matches for the Forgotten Sons. Have them have regular matches with regular people in NXT. Stop bringing enhancement talent in because it's just not validating them at all. It doesn't even matter because everybody sees this enhancement talent and it's not showcasing what they can do on any level. Yeah, it's going to look cool for Jackson Riker or whoever those other two dudes are to come through and demolish and smash and whoever. But if it's to a bunch of people we're never going to see again, they just look like uh, just goon characters, like nothingness. Um, So I, I think that something needs to happen where the Street Profits comes out and they interfere in one of their matches. It's something that leads to some tag belts, whatever. Just start making that tag team division more and more solidified. I got one question. What happened to Lars Sullivan? Like, he was supposed to get called up and they did all this promo work for him. And boy, Lars Sullivan just just went MIA. He hit him with a Danny Phantom one time. He said, I'm going ghost. <laughs> so um, I, I suggest that they bring another figure in to fill the void of Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan was like, your your great mid card heel, and he was moving up in the title picture and everything like that. But once again, they weren't doing Jack Diddley with him. And I believe from the rumors I heard that they were going to make a call up, and something happened, and Lars Sullivan caught uh, the jitters. It happens to the best of us. I'm never going to take that away. But I was just I just thought about it randomly, like, damn, where is Lars Sullivan? Did he run into like a freak accident? See what I did there? Um. Yeah, so I predict that we're going to get a feud between Iro Shirai and Bianca Belair from everything that we've seen going on. I suggest that we don't do that because Bianca is actually getting over on being a face right now, which is really tight to see because there's she's done great heel work coming into it. And, you know, it's usually like a switch and a flip or something happens where there's more expression that goes on for this wrestler. So I hope that that this is what it is for Bianca. And now she gets a chance to fully express the talents and everything that she can do to explore the other side of her being a wrestler. I like the matchup of what the Flying Pirates are doing, but how it's looking and looking for them, they need to get called up to the main card to be able to do other things. It's not a lot of big matches and things going on on the main card right now, but um, I think they would make a, a good fit and transition. Quiet is kept how it's coming. This year, they need to be working on an all-women's show, not a pay-per-view, but like maybe a half-hour to an hour weekly segment of women wrestling because it's you're not fitting it in on your regular programming and it's getting nerfed and we're getting just not good productive matches towards the divisions. I suggested tournaments and things of this nature to help validate belts and I keep suggesting that. I'm gonna keep saying that. I feel that last week we had two great predictions that came true. We announced the Worlds Collide tournament and yes that did bring some more validation to a bunch of the different brands belts and everything so i think they should do more of that just keep bringing that into the forefront i know that adam cole in the undisputed era said that they're going to hold gold 
everybody all throughout this year, but Adam Cole keeps pushing for that North American championship. I feel that Adam Cole needs to make that switch, and he's pushing for Tommaso's belt, and we got Bobby Fish developing this feud with Ricochet. That is the push and swing that needs to happen. I don't feel that it would be respected if Bobby Fish goes for the heavyweight belt and Adam Cole holds down the North American and you got Roddy and Kyle doing the tag belts. It just wouldn't look great for the group dynamic. Nonetheless, um, I predict there's going to be a lot more action for the Undisputed Era. It's been kind of quiet for them in the beginning of the year, but it's still fresh. It's still early. They're still letting some shit develop and still some things work out with their storylines and stuff. Um, I predict Aleister Black gets a call up very soon. Um, Velveteen Dream is going to stay in NXT for a hot second because they're going to give him that strap. And you're going to get that call up of Johnny Gargano. And there's going to be more. And I hear that there's a superstar shakeup coming. And all these people that are in limbo are going to start finding places and homes. I think everybody from the last NXT call up got placed except for Lars Sullivan. So let's see where where this lies. I know we have one coming up probably sometime after Mania. And I keep saying like mania, like it's not like far away, but it's only two months away. So I think those are going to be the big changes and things happening within NXT. We haven't seen William Regal make any matches or any calls or anything like that, but I would love to get some more of that going on. I would love to see some more hodgepodge tag team matches. If the main card can do that every week where we get just random, I don't understand why we having tag matches all the fucking time. Um, I think we can do that on the NXT level. I would like to see the Limitless Bros get in there and do stuff. There's not enough time for Keith Lee right now. And as it stands, we just don't get to see him perform in the ring. I always get to see some photos and stuff from like live events and just things like that. But we don't get to see Keith Lee. Mia Yim, Candice LeRae, all these other competitors that were just doing great head work for the division. They're just not getting a lot of TV time. So I suggest some more switches, some more changes, maybe some more call-ups and doing bigger things. Well, my name is Starks, and I think I'm going to conclude this prediction and suggestions show. So I'm going to take it easy. You should take it easy. I'm going to leave you with one bit of major advice. With your last dying breath within your last days, please, 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 please remember to stay true and remember, keep killing shit. Peace.